Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport News. This is episode 86, recorded January 22nd, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, the future of this podcast, first pick of the first gen ASIO slash SCEC by Lock, connected car woes, ADT and Ford want to improve vehicle security with more connections, USPS blue mailbox theft is widespread, a photo contest, a raffle update, products, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. If you don't already have one, you can find the app at newpodcastapps.com can subscribe to the video version on youtube or odyssey links to stories discussed will be in the show notes some apps limit the length of show notes and the amount of links but you can always find the full show notes with all the links at the locksportscast.com and then just add a slash and the episode number and it'll take you right to it first up a couple of quick announcements first just a reminder that the locky awards are accepting nominations now the nominations will close at the end of the month, so if you have anybody that you want to nominate or any video that you want to nominate, be sure to register and make your nominations soon. I realize I haven't done a very good job of promoting the Lucky Awards this year, so and without trophies, it's probably going to be a pretty small affair. Not much I can do about that at this time, because that leads me on to my next announcement. Due to more staff shortages at my work, there are going to have to be a few temporary changes to the podcast. I know I said I thought things would get back to normal, but we've had a few people put in their notice. Some have already left. Some are soon to leave. So at least for the next month, I'm going to have to be working what we call a three by three schedule. That means three 12 hour days followed by three 12 hour nights. And then most of the next three off if I don't have any meetings, audits or training during those days. Unfortunately, when I looked at my upcoming schedule at work and at home, my options were either shorter, more focused episodes, or taking a few months off. I don't want to stop putting out episodes, so I'm going to limit them in length mainly by keeping them more focused on sharing information directly linked to Locksport and community news. Most of the other Lock-related stories and security stories that I cover take the majority of the work to prepare and record and edit. So if I limit them, I can still provide timely lock sport and community news in the limited time I have, I think. The whole reason I started this podcast in the first place was to share lock sport news, and that's what I'm going to prioritize and focus on for now. In addition to shorter episodes, some episodes may come out a day or two late. My current release schedule was all based on my normal schedule and may not always work with the temporary one that I'll be on. Also, if anybody in the Oregon Mid-Valley area is looking for a job, I know someone who's hiring for industrial wastewater treatment and EMT positions. But first this week, I have a few stories that I want to follow up on. For a long time, I've been covering the problem with newer car security technologies and a few other things, and I just want to go through some stories that were shared with me on those specific topics. So the first one was from U-Switch. Didn't see an author credit. It was titled, Is Data Security Keeping Up With Connected Cars? It starts off by saying, As you welcome more connected devices into your home, 
you might accept that there is a certain level of risk involved. The fact that scammers and hackers are actively targeting this growing network of linked devices is common knowledge and taking steps to keep our personal data safe has become part of everyday life. However, there's one device you may not consider when keeping tabs on your data security, your car. And then they go through a few key findings. They say 67% of new cars that are registered in the UK are connected, with projections showing this will rise to 100% by 2026. Connected cars produce up to 25 gigabytes of data every hour, including information about the driver, the vehicle, and passengers. In 2019, the number of reported cyber attacks on connected vehicles was seven times higher than the same figure from 2016, with a 99% increase in incidents from 2018 alone. The UK market for connected and automated vehicles is forecast to be worth up to 52 billion pounds by 2035. A Boeing 787 jet has about 6.5 million lines of code, while the standard connected car has about 100 million. A 2019 cybersecurity industry survey found 62% of respondents think that it's likely that malicious attacks on their software or components will occur in the next 12 months. And then they go through a few other sections to hit on other topics like the fact that 100% of UK cars sold by 2026 will be classed as connected. Um, They go over relay attack, keyless vehicle thefts, weaknesses in connected mobile apps, remotely taking control of vehicles, theft of personal data, what is being done to protect drivers, and what you can do to protect your data. And I will have a link in the show notes in case anybody is interested in that one. The next article comes from the Daily Star. Again, I didn't see an author credit. It is titled, Tesla Owners Given Grave Warning After Teen Hacker Hijacks 25 Cars with His Computer. The article says, Tesla owners have been asked to take extra steps to protect their vehicles after a German teenager was able to hijack 25 vehicles in 10 countries from thousands of miles away. He says he could use it to break in. As cars get smarter, thieves might not need lockpicks or crowbars to steal them anymore. A 19-year-old hacker claims to have hijacked 25 Tesla vehicles in 10 countries using nothing but the internet. David Colombo from Germany says he has the power to unlock the doors and even start driving the Teslas in question. I'll just read his tweet thread here real quick because I think it gives a better picture of exactly what's going on. The original tweet that started this all was, So I now have full remote control over 20 Teslas in 10 countries, and there seems to be no way to find owners and report it to them. And that is a little of an overstatement. I think the full remote control is a little of an overstatement, but he goes on to list the high points of the full thread here. He says, since these important facts seem to be drowned between other comments, I'll add them here again. This is not a vulnerability in Tesla's infrastructure. It's the owner's faults. That's why I would need to report this to the owners as stated above. Nevertheless, I can now remotely run commands on 25 plus Teslas in 13 countries without the owner's knowledge. Regarding what I'm able to do with these Teslas now, this includes disabling sentry mode, opening the doors and windows, and even starting keyless driving. I could also query the exact location, see if the driver is present, and so on. And yes, I could remotely rickroll the affected owners by playing Rick Astley on YouTube in their Teslas. 
think it's pretty dangerous if someone is able to remotely blast music on full volume or open the windows doors while you are on the highway. Even flashing the lights nonstop can potentially have some dangerous impact on other drivers. That's why I would like to get this all fixed before I release any specific details regarding what exactly this is all about. Next steps, waiting for a reply regarding an ACVE, preparing my write-up, coordinating disclosure to affected owners with Tesla. As already stated in some other replies, it is not full remote control, as in being able to remotely control steering or acceleration and braking. Yes, I potentially could unlock the doors and start driving the affected Teslas. No, I cannot intervene with someone driving other than starting music at max volume or flashing lights, and I also cannot drive these Teslas remotely. Then he has an addition as of 11 January. Tesla's security team just confirmed to me that they are investigating and will get back to me with updates as soon as they have them. The CVE assignment team has reserved a CVE for it. And getting back to the article that led me to this, the end says, Tesla say they are investigating the issue and have begun issuing new certificates to their vehicles to keep hackers out of cars. The teen hacker is conducting what tech experts call ethical hacking, whereby someone hacks into a computer system to find its potential security flaws. This is so that the company in charge of the device can fix up things and prevent real criminals from getting their hands on it. Be interesting to see how that one plays out, what his... uh what he means by it's the owner's fault and not the Tesla infrastructure. Be interested to see what's happening there. The next article was entitled ADT and Ford Partner to Develop New Vehicle Security Offerings. Canopy, a new joint venture between the two companies, will launch in early 2023. This was reported by Security Info Watch, Joel Griffin. ADT and Ford are looking to change the vehicle security paradigm as the companies announced a new joint venture on Tuesday dubbed Canopy that will bring AI-powered analytics and professional security monitoring to auto owners across the U.S. and U.K. beginning next year. Canopy will leverage the SAFE by ADT mobile platform to connect smart security systems embedded in certain Ford models to the company's professional monitoring agents to help not only protect the vehicle itself, but also watch over any personal property located on board. The product is being targeted at commercial vehicles and fleets. How it works. The system itself will use onboard cameras as well as motion and acoustic sensors to detect and alert vehicle owners to the presence of would-be thieves. Additionally, the initial product will have a camera that can be mounted in either the van's cargo area or on a pickup facing the bed. The platform will use AI technology to identify and report credible threats while reducing false alarm signals. Other capabilities include customers will be connected to the system via Canopy app to live stream video from the vehicle, get notified of suspicious activity, or review past events. The system will trigger a smartphone alert of any indicators of potential criminal activity, such as breaking glass, metal cutting, or suspicious motion or sound near a vehicle. Customers can warn potential thieves they are being monitored by speaking through the smartphone app, enabled by two-way audio feature that will be available next year. The system's AI is designed to distinguish true threats from benign acts, such as a cat jumping into a pickup bed or construction sounds near a vehicle. 
before alerting the owner or ADT monitoring agents of potential theft. The security system will alert ADT monitoring professionals if it detects a person loitering around or breaching the vehicle. So don't park in a crowded area. Although Canopy will initially only be available to Ford or Lincoln owners, Cohen said one of the ideas behind making the technology a separate independent venture is that it would be appealing to all automakers. Cohen added that the joint Canopy venture has been capitalized by $100 million from both ADT and Ford and that it is a separate technology from the Canopy Security as a Service offering that was launched by ADT at CES in 2015. And yeah, Earlier in the article, it says that this is a joint venture being funded by ADT and Ford, but it's being treated as an independent venture. Interesting. They're going to make your vehicle more secure by adding more connections to it. And evidently thefts from mailboxes, the blue curbside USPS mailboxes in the United States, are happening all across the country in similar ways. We have article here from Fox 5 by Stephanie Ramirez says Montgomery County residents claim checks were stolen from USPS mailboxes. They were stolen from official blue USPS mail drop boxes. Many also claim their checks were altered so that thieves could try to withdraw even more cash than the original amount. In September, Montgomery County police confirmed that they and the USPS postal inspector were investigating multiple mail theft incidents in Bethesda and Glen Echo. Police even posted surveillance video and an image connected with the suspect who reportedly opened a Kensington mailbox on September 5th. Officials are looking into whether that specific investigation has been closed yet. One victim told Fox 5 he filed a report with USPS and Montgomery County Police. He told his community in a next-door post of his experience and that, according to County Investigator, these incidents apparently have something to do with mail carriers getting robbed at gunpoint, which sounds very similar to stories I've read in other episodes. So he's quoted as saying that he explained that there was a person or persons who are out there with master keys to the curbside mailboxes and that these people should not have these keys and periodically these guys will get into a mailbox. Neither county police nor USPS Postal Inspector's Office would confirm those details, but did tell Fox 5 they are seriously investigating these incidents as they are federal offenses. The U.S. Postal Inspection Service spokesman said in a statement, The U.S. Postal Inspection Service is investigating this incident along with Montgomery County Police. Due to the ongoing nature of the investigation, we cannot provide additional details at this time, yada, yada, yada. And they go over some ways to protect yourself and your mail. They say some safeguards include not mailing checks or cash, taking your mail to the post office, or waiting until closer to the mail pickup time to drop off your mail. However, at least one of the mail fraud victims said that she did wait to close to pickup time and still had her check stolen. They also say requiring a signature is another safety measure. Some mail carriers stop this signature requirement measure as COVID-19 pandemic caution, but USPS and FedEx have reinstated the signature required deliveries. And then I'm not going to go through this one much, but there were several other stories reported recently. One here was out of uh, Parma, Ohio. I will have that one linked in the show notes in case you're interested in checking it out. Details are very much the same. 
Then there was this article that said how cyber criminals turn paper checks stolen from mailboxes into Bitcoin. And it's actually a very long article with a lot more information than I'm going to share right here. So again, link in the show notes, but it says someone breaks into a mailbox that stores letters waiting to be sent out and grabs some of them in hopes they'll contain a check that's been filled in. That's just the start. Thieves may deposit or cash the checks themselves or sell them on to others via a marketplace of illicit items. Prices are typically $175 for personal checks and $250 for business ones payable in Bitcoin, but always negotiable and cheaper in bulk based on our observations and direct interactions with the sellers. Buyers then use nail polish remover to erase the intended payee's name and amount displayed on the check, replacing those details with their own preferred payee, such as a retailer, and change the amount, usually a lot higher than the original check. A buyer might also simply cash the check at a location like Walmart using a fake ID. In some cases, we believe criminals are using checks to steal the victim's identity by using their name and address to manufacture fake driver's license, passports, and other legal documents as well. So that's just a little bit of, you know, a lot of people know how that works, but in case you don't, that's what's going on with these checks that are being stolen. It's not just the amount you wrote it for. They'll change the name and the amount, and they may sell it on to other people who do this professionally. So so there's a lot of money involved and a lot of reason why they would take the risk of robbing mailmen at gunpoint to get their keys. And then this one was brought to my attention. Compex Security Products is holding a photo contest. The uh, first prize is a $500 gift card. Second prize is a $250 gift card. And third prize is a $100 gift card. Uh, How to enter. Photos of projects using any Compex products. Projects may include official furniture, hospital applications, mailboxes, institutions, or, or any other applications, either residential or commercial. Submit photos focused on the Compex product, if possible, along with photos of the entire application from different angles. Cropped photos are acceptable. We will not accept digitally or otherwise enhanced or altered photos. The products shown in the photos must be of the CompX brand. The contest closes on March 31st and winners selected in early April. Judging will be conducted by a panel of CompX employees and they will notify winners using the contact information provided on the entry form within 30 days of the judging of the contest. And winners will be posted on the Compact Security Products website within 60 days of the end of the contest. Some non-winning photos may also be posted and used. Basically, also, if you submit a photo or photos to the contest, just be aware you are giving them rights to use them as they see fit. But anyway, just in case anybody's interested, thought we should share that here. Moving on to community news. Peers do not duplicate our... Bylock Slayer is at it again, and he appears to have what is the first public pick of the first-gen ASIL slash SCEC Bylock in his video entitled Number 20, Public First, First-gen ASIO slash SCEC Bylock Pick and Gutted. And uh, so congratulations. Very well done. <laughs> he just kills those bylocks. We have an update posted to Discord Last week's update came after my episode, so I wasn't able to get that in, but this one's came out just in time. So this is the Lockpickers United raffle that's running through the Discord and the Reddit, and the post said, Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the last full week of the raffle 2022. 
We hit some milestones this week that I find truly impressive. First, we have now raised $53,214 with $24,735 of that being from the Discord, $10,952 of that being from Reddit, and $17,527 being matched donations. We are now only 1,863 away from beating last year's record. Second thing I want to mention is that we have broken $100,000 total raised between all four of the raffles. If you went back to 2018 and told me we would eventually raise more than $100,000, I wouldn't believe you. I find that to be a truly impressive mark to beat, and I am proud of each and every person that donated prizes, cash, or their time to this project. Be proud of yourselves. Let's close this out with a bang. I will have a link to the raffle page that PandaFrog created in the show notes in case you haven't had a chance to get in on it yet. Head on over there. All the instructions are there and the entry forms are linked there. So go check it out. I had somebody suggest a request for stories since I have been doing the Locksport stories, Locksport journey stories. Um, Somebody requested that I ask for experiences with starting or discovering and joining a local Locksport group. The person who shared this said, I keep wishing I had a physical Locksport group and I wonder if you could ask people to share their experiences with starting and or discovering joining a local Locksport group. And so I'm sure if there's one person with this question wants to hear some stories about this, I'm sure there are a lot more than that. Usually if one person is willing to ask, there are several that are wondering the question, just didn't know they could ask or didn't think they should ask. So do me a favor. If you have started your own lock sport group or you've gone through the process of discovering a local group and, and getting joined up, um, if you could just share a short little story of how that went, how you went about it, that would be great. Send it into podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other methods that are listed in the show notes or at thelocksportscast.com slash contact. Let me know, and I will try to get those shared on the show. And yes, even the new short format show, I will share that stuff. And for videos this week, I have just one that was shared with me, and it's Lock Noob's new hour-long video called Pick Every Type of Lock. The description says, Information overload for new pickers. See below for chapters and tutorial playlist. The chapters are Introduction, Lock Picking Basics, Pin Tumbler Lock Picking, Distainer Lock Picking, Warded lock picking, tubular lock picking, cross lock picking, smile dimple lock picking, combination dial lock decoding, standard high security dimple lock picking, wafer lock picking, car door, filing cabinet, etc. Lever lock picking, non curtained mortise lever lock picking, curtained mortise lever lock picking, and occlusion. So, like I said, hour long video, but covers everything. If you have one video to share with somebody who is thinking about getting into lock picking, that might actually be a bit of overload. But if they're just starting to get into lock picking, this might be a good one to point them to. Four new products this week. Just one brought to my attention. We have the new Multi Pick Elite add on set in 0.5 millimeter. So Multipick has just recently released this uh, add-on set. It is in 0.5 millimeter thickness, filling the gap between their 0.4 and 0.6 millimeter picks. So uh, if you're interested, if you've been looking for that in-between size, you can find a link to that in the show notes. 
For Lockpickers United belts this week, we have a new purple belt called Arm Lock. And at brown belt level, we have 206. And for red belt, we have Sterling. Congratulations to all of you. Very fine accomplishments. None of those belts are easy to accomplish, so very well done. Over at Speed Locks, we have a few new records. We have the Abus 645Ti Baby Lock by Froggy Picker in 3.533 seconds. Abus 7640 by SpaceNut1 in 19.067. Stabilit A30 by Froggy Picker in 4.066 seconds. The Packlock 100G by Pandafrog in 19.986. We have some first records set, the Squire LN2 by Cranky Lockpicker in 3.270, the Abyss 6530 by Froggy Picker in 9.4, Alpha 1000-15 by Pandafrog in 4.271, the Alpha 1000-40 by Pandafrog in 16.216, the Alpha 1000-60 by Pandafrog in 8.108, the Abyss Titalium 80 Ti 50 by Memorian in 7 flat. American Lock 5200 by C. Glassy in 12.412. The Master Lock 911 by C. Glassy in 22.122. And the Bylock Unmastered by Froggy Picker in 6 minutes 1.267 seconds. So a whole bunch of new records going on over there at Speed Lock. And I know that's a criteria for entering at least one of the current giveaways, so it might be a good chance to get over there and give it a shot before the end of the month. Uh, and with that, it's time to take a quick break, say thank you to the people that made this particular episode possible. Start with the Patreon subscribers. We have Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lee Bonds Locksport Generally, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons and a Goat, Sherelle, Patty Cakes, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cooltoon, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lock Picker, JHP Picking, Bare Bones Lock Picking. Chief content producers for this episode. There's a three way tie between Cherell, Ifisk, and Pandafrog. So thank you to all of you for contributing to this week's episode. Other content producers for this episode Artchoke 2000, BNE A to Z, aka Good Guy, I'm Gumby, Jeff and Things, John Locke, Joshua Gonzalez, Michael Gilchrist, Mr. Black Magic, Papa Robo, Picksmith. Pocket Woman, Rubber Band, Tony Verley, and Zachary Willard. Thank you to all of you for your support. It really, really does help, especially during these uh, trying times with all this extra work I have to do at work. So a uh, show wouldn't be possible without your help. So to all of you, I say, if you value this podcast, please help me make it through uh, this busy time I'm having by sending in news, links, events, giveaway information, Anything you have that's Locksport related uh, or community related for the Locksport community, send it in. I'd really like to have more uh, information on meetups that I could share, maybe for people that are looking for groups, uh, local group information that, uh, that I can share. You can send that information to podcast at the locksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes. You can also just go to the locksportscast.com slash support. And there's a list of all the different ways to help and contact information there. 
Don't forget to share the podcast with your lockpicking friends. Leave a comment or a review, thumbs up, uh, subscribe on whatever platform you listen. If you want to support financially, you can donate via PayPal or subscribe on Patreon. If you support the show with a donation or information I use in the show, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. And just a reminder, Locksport journey stories are and other Locksport-specific stories are still things that I'm looking for. So if you have any experiences with starting or discovering a Locksport group or something that your skills allowed you to do or some interaction in real life that was because you were part of a Locksport or a story about how you got into Locksport, all are welcome. You can also send you can also send any other feedback to the slash contact. That feedback can either be confidential or I can share it on the show. That's all up to you. If you want to share it on the show, just make sure to keep it reasonable length, polite, work and family safe, not political and not just drama. And this week to save a little time, I'm moving straight from there into sales. So the sales this week are pretty much the same as last week. We have bare bones lock picking has their sale. No code, just discounted prices on the site. Look for the sale badge in the corner of the picture. Hooligankeys.com, 15% off the code MAKE2022BETTER through January 2022. That's 15% off at hooligankeys.com. And at Matt's Lock Pit, he has custom picks on sale. Much like the other sale, it's marked with a icon on the pictures. I think it's most of the custom picks that are on sale. So head over there and check that out. 3D Locksport, 10% off with the code LSCAST10. Lots of 3D printed Locksport accessories over there for you to check out. MakeoLocks.com, 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. Moving on to giveaways. Picksmith is hosting on his YouTube channel the video for Harry Bow's 100 subscriber giveaway. As we covered in last week's episode, Harry Bow was managed to drive up to over 100 subscribers without having a single video on his channel. And for that, he's running a giveaway. And Picksmith is hosting the video for that on his channel. Link will be in the show notes. And the description says, this is for Harry Bow's 100 subscriber giveaway. It's easy to enter. Leave a comment below and you'll be entered. It would be great if the winner were to do an opening video and sharing the package with all of us. On February 5th, I will video a random name drawing. A second name will be picked just in case. The winner will need to contact myself or Harry directly to arrange shipping the package to you. You do not need to sub to either of us to be included in the drawing, but subs are always welcome. I will have a link in the show notes to the video. The prizes are one Matlock 2538, one 40mm Kiosk padlock, one ASA 600 with six gin spools, one ASA 600 with six barrels, one ABIS XP1, one ABC with trap pins, one Ruko 5-pin, one Easy GG 5-pin, Challenge lock, ASA twin combi with no sidebar, lovely key bidding, three carbon fiber dressed valerians with two purple acrylic pins, 0.4 millimeter thickness, one 1080 steel pick dressed with pale moon black and white ebony, and three copper pins, measures 0.7 millimeters, 
One 301 law lock steel pick dressed with ironwood and resin and two carbon fiber pins measures 0.5 millimeter. That is quite a list of prizes. And the picks look beautiful. So head over there and check that out. And Panfrog has started a new giveaway. Yes, in addition to his other giveaways. This one is the Panfrog hashtag mini Pandafrog 2 giveaway. Those of you who are part of the mini Pandafrog original giveaway or remember that will know what this is about. So congratulations to you, Pandafrog. Rules, you must use hashtag mini Pandafrog 2 in the title of the video. Must single pin pick the smallest lock for the mini Pandafrog 2. You have four chances to win, but you can only win one prize. So the way you get chances to win are make, by making correct guesses. The first is to guess the birthday of the mini Pandafrog. Expected date is the 8th of June, 2022. Guess the birth weight. Guess the birth size. And then there'll be one random draw. Prize grows with the amount of entries. So the more people that enter, the better the prize pool. So head over and check that out. And congratulate Panda Frog on, on the new member of the family that's on the way. Panda Frog also has his Speed Abyss giveaway still running. And that one ends January 31st if there are 10 entries reached. If not, the giveaway will be extended by one month. But it's a pretty easy one to enter, so head over and check that out. Locksport Viking 100 sub giveaway is still running. That one will end February 13th, according to this, but that could change. Mr. Black Magic is still running the hashtag LockMagic500 giveaway until February 20th. So head over then, check that out. And Michael Gilchrist's hashtag Norlin 800 subscriber giveaway uh, is also running. The drawing will be one week after he hits 800 subs. I think he was at 786 or something like that this morning when I looked. So he's getting close. So if you want to get in on that one, head over and check it out. Some high security locks up for the grabs there. And of course... CLK Supplies, hashtag LockBoss giveaway every week. If you're into prizes, that's a good one to get into. They are a locksmith distributor and always have lots of good things to give away. So you might want to check that out. Remember, send me any information you have that's LockSport related. Even if you don't think it's important, just send it. Um, I'm going to be trying to focus on LockSport specifically and community news for the next several weeks, maybe a few months, my HR department is really slow. So, uh, we'll just play it by ear. I really appreciate the sport, and remember to keep it legal. Legal.